Stop the presses here on the, I believe it's the 13th day of October 2021. And I'm going to be converting to an earphone piece here momentarily, so it may sound a little bit different. Bear with me, I misplaced the thing. Hello, hello, hello. Come in, Moscow. Am I coming through loud and clear? Very cool. Yes, and my guest today, and I haven't had him on in a while, is none other than Mickey Paletta of Mortgage Defense Systems, formerly the Citizens Citizens Reform Center. I've known Mickey since about 07. He's been an outspoken critic, to say the least, of the Federal Reserve. And speaking out for monetary reform over the years, but he's come to be a uh, super expert at dealing with the mortgage foreclosure racketeering that's going on, a tremendous white-collar crime wave involving the courts, the debt collection law firms especially, and to some extent the media. Uh, Thanks for being on with me today, Mickey. Okay, Morris, it's a pleasure of being here, too. It's good, great. Well, well, great, great, great. Um, Anyway, hold on just... The, um, had to adjust some things. Uh, the situation's become particularly egregious, you were telling me off the air, and there's a lot of ways we could go with this, lots to unpack always as the saying goes, but now you're saying that the very idea of having a jury trial for a mortgage foreclosure is in jeopardy, or at least the first right. steps toward putting it in jeopardy, are, are, are happening. Um, yes, in essence, right, what's Mark. going on that would, you know, what would lessen the chances or, or nullify the having a jury trial? What's, what is the main um, way or reason that happening? Well, uh, what's been going on, Mark? I've been teaching that how to sue banks for fraud now for maybe 40 years off and on, and you've been aware of that. You know, you've been at my house, and and we've done uh, some speaking tours uh, together. Uh, but anyway, uh, what's going on? Yes. I came up with a brand-new lawsuit, and it's fraud. I'm going right after the banking system. I am naming the judges, the sheriffs, everybody. And I recently went in and filed the very first foreclosure or fraud suit in a foreclosure case that I was telling my group 
that I want to see how they're going to answer this. And Mark, I made a, a prediction that how it was written, it's impossible for these guys to to uh, respond. And so they asked me that, what do you think they're going to do? I says, well, in the fir- first place, they can't answer it. That because if they do, they're only going to get uh, convicted, or then I'm going to be able to prove that they have committed, well, that they lied in court. And they're not going to do that. So what they're going to do is they're going to file for a protective order or file with the courts and ask the courts to uh, dismiss the complaint. So that's exactly what they did. And uh, the, the couple gave gave me a call and says, Mickey, we got their response. It's exactly what you said it was. They demanded that the case be dismissed in court, that because they actually wrote this, is that that of the people here 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 in the United States do not have a right uh, to a trial by jury. Uh, in a mortgage foreclosure case in REM. And, well, I expected that because I've heard about about this. There's some cases in Pennsylvania that they tried that uh, back in 2014. And uh, believe it or not, that they won on the cases. So what I did, that I wrote it a little bit differently, and I expected that, that that they were going to do that. Yes, yeah, so what I did that I put in there a counter complaint that which put it out of that, and now they have to have a trial and a trial by the jury on this because uh, I have a counter complaint against them for fraud. Uh, anyway, they never answered it. They didn't do a thing. And what I did there in this uh, case that I even even I entered the case, and I gave them the America's the Curie brief based upon my years and years of research, and they completely ignored it. The judge didn't even acknowledge it, but the bottom line was that they filed a motion to dismiss the, the complaint because uh, we no longer have that right according to uh, the Constitution. I read the Constitution numerous times in the last week, you know, and I can't find that anywhere in it. So they're making this stuff up. So we went back and we started the research, and I have filed a paperwork that completely dispels all that, and it actually proves that we've had uh, the right for a jury trial that which dates back uh, to the, the Magna Carta in 1215, and it's definitely that we have a right to a trial by ju- jury. But the bottom line here is uh, I've been suing banks uh, for fraud and going after them. I, you know, we wrote a couple books where uh, we explain the banking fraud. And what they have to do, if these uh, cases and this theory uh, gets into a court, there's no way that, uh, that we're going to lose that because the evidence is so abundant 
that they can't win. They can't survive. So what we thought that there's only going to be one way they're going to have to go back and try and expel all these. So that's exactly what they've done. But what we're going to do is that that we are filing, and I just filed seven documents, and that proves that we have the rights to a trial by jury, which dates back uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, and I'm just anxious to see how the corrupt judicial system is going to rule on this. But we expect them to do something because they cannot afford, uh, you know, uh, to get this heard by the ju- a jury. Uh, if a jury would ever hear what we have and what we're going to present, there's no way uh, that we can lose. And so what we're banking on, that we want many, many people to join and start filing these lawsuits. And this is the way that I think is the only hope that we have of stopping the corruption and these judges, you know, from stealing our our people's homes and cars and farms and what else they got to do. And what we have to understand that the judicial system, that they make money on every foreclosure that they allow. The sheriffs are getting paid. And I said this on a recent call to another group, is that I consulted with the sheriff up in Dubois. And he was a pretty nice guy that we got along good up to a certain point that when I said to him, now, officer, what would you do uh, if you you went into court and I came up uh, with proof that the notes were forged and fraud? And what would you do? Uh, would you stop the, the sheriff's sale? The judge or uh, the sheriff looked at me and said, no, you got to remember that the, the Constitution in Pennsylvania was changed. I now work for the president judge, and what he tells me is what I do. If he tells me to to sell the home or the farm, whatever it is, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I don't care about the forge and fraud notes. All I care about is complying with the judge's orders. And I says, yeah, what about your oath? You take. He says, "Look, because of the, the Constitution change, that I now work for the judge, and I do whatever he says, and that's all I care about." So that's have you looked that are. up? It, it, is is that is that an excuse, or is that some sort of uh, um, brush off, or did they actually change the Constitution technically? To make well, they never put that in there, the Mark. Judges. They never put that in there. No, sir, they did not. Then what's he talking about? Well, I hate to say it on the air, but what he's talking about is BS. And all that he's well, doing it, is justifying his uh, expenses of making ten to $15,000 for every uh, foreclosure that he uh, pushes through. That's all it is. It is the yeah, biggest I, I, fraud I, in the history of the world. 
uh, having attended the Constitutional Sheriff's Association uh, big conference in the Woodlands near Houston this past February, and listening to the sheriffs that were there and their credo and their beliefs, their worldview, and what a sheriff is historically and currently, I would find it difficult to believe. I'll look it up myself, maybe, but I would find it exceedingly difficult to believe that anybody would make a constitutional change like that, or certainly that any self-respecting sheriff would heed it or obey it, even if it was made. I mean, any law that runs against the grain of the U.S. Constitution is supposed to be considered a nullity or null and void. And when these sheriffs take an oath, they don't just take an oath to the state, they take an oath to the U.S. Constitution. So evidently, like so many in our system, they need another lesson in civics other than blind obedience. Evidently, that's the only curriculum that they... Yeah, now, Mark, so. you're exactly right. I went in there with Alan, and you met Alan before. Uh, he's mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, a professional bass player that played with the New, uh, the New York Philharmonic uh, Orchestra. And uh, when we walked out of there, that he looked at me and said, Mickey, do you believe that he admitted that he don't care about forged and fraud notes and breaking the law. All he cares about is doing what the judge orders him to do, and that is to sell the people's home. I said to him, I said, Alan, that's what's been going on, and now this is the first sheriff that had the big enough uh, kahunas, you know, to look us straight in the face and say it. And that's exactly what he said. And Mark, he's well, suppose, not the only one. Yes. I suppose we can give him an age for honesty on his on his uh, decrepit report card. But uh, even though we don't like what we're hearing, at least he's being candid. But, you know, um, I remember calling another sheriff up in New York State for one of your past clients. And when I talked to him point blank on the phone, he didn't seem to feel real good about the situation, but he was telling me similar things. His name escapes me right offhand. Um, but he was kind of like a tail between his legs saying, well, that's what I got to do. That's what, you know. And the sheriff is the most powerful person in the county and is supposed to be the, the people's advocate more than anything else and have their back. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just really sad after having been to that Sheriff Mack constitutional sheriff's event and hearing those kind of sheriffs to turn around and hear about these kind of sheriffs uh, who could be our best line of defense to bias time and uh, bias confidence and, and the wherewithal to fight and win these cases if they would come down and be objective and, and do their jobs right. So that's disquieting to hear that those that could be our best advocates, because it certainly isn't the media, are uh, turning tail and running or just obeying. You know, what's strange is that there's this mindset in America that an unlawful action can only take place if it's conducted or committed by someone who's not part of the government, as if the government can't do anything unlawful. But these foreclosures, because of the fraud, are unlawful, and they're criminal, and the sheriff's first job is to arrest crime or or intervene when there's crime and make arrests and things like that. So the crimes of the state he works for 
and the lawyers and those associated with the state are not even treated as crimes. The only thing seen as a crime is the the poor homeowner who supposedly can't make his payments, even though in some cases, like you've told me, there are many cases where the mortgage was long ago paid off and they still come up with some sort of lien and try try and apply it to these homeowners who thought they were in the clear. I mean, how duplicitous, deceitful, and unlawful can you get? I'm going to reference some cases, Mark, that I've been involved with. And some of these cases, I'm sure, that you either know of or rewrote up a little magazine where we mentioned them. And one of the cases was Inch. That ring a bell? I I had a feeling you'd mention Mr. Inch, yeah. Um, I don't right. know if you want to use his first name. We can leave his first no, name out if no, you want. No, no, that's fine. Yeah. And do you recall of the Gokenhauer case? Less that so. was the case got, that I uh, went in we with the lawyer. We got about two minutes before the first break, just so you know, but keep going. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, so we went in with the lawyer, and uh, the lawyer stayed with me. I moved in on my house for four days where he actually learn all about the banking books that I teach and that I use from. And uh, he went into court. And what the judge said to us, right in open court, and he said, uh, Mr. Blank, I would like you to come into my uh, chambers. So being that I was working uh, for him, or he was working uh, for me, that we both got up. And the judge says, oh, a paletta, uh, that don't mean you. You stay there. So he went in, and he says, Mickey, don't worry. I'm not, you know, selling us out. So he goes in, and he walks out of there, and he's like a little kitten. He was sweating. Uh, He said, we got to talk, Mick. Um, So that night, he gave me a call, and he said to me, he said he was almost in tears. He says, Mickey, i got to quit. I was told that if I did not stop working with you, that they were going to take my license away, and I got two two young young girls that I got to raise, and I need another license. So he quit the case. The sheriff went in under Gawkenhauer's case with guns drawn, and that actually said to them, "You better get out of this this house, or else." And uh, Gawkenhauer's wife was so upset that she decided that she was quitting and that she gave up the house. And we had them fraud rights. And uh, the Lord says, Mickey, we can win this. You're not going to win it uh, if the people decide to fold. And like Robert E. Lee said, uh, pitch the tent. Uh, We don't do this. Uh, This couple in uh, Tennessee, they're fighting and they're in it to the end. Uh, we'll, we'll learn more about that couple in Tennessee, and we can talk about the Inch case and uh, others, perhaps other cases, many of which I would remember. And uh, we got a break coming up. We'll talk about that after the break. But we're talking to Mickey Paletta of Mortgage Defense Systems out of Pennsylvania. Stay tuned for more right after this.
here. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilaji hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilaji Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilaji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Do you or someone you know suffer from chest pain, blood pressure, cholesterol, or irregular heartbeat? Are you looking for a more natural solution to overcome these health challenges? You hear the ads all the time. If this stuff's so good, why doesn't my doctor prescribe it? That's easy. Doctors are not trained in natural medicine. Extendivite Heart Tonic does want you to be as healthy as you can be. And it really works. Take Extendivite for six months and your doctor will say, I don't know what you're doing, but don't stop. It's working for you. Get the dependability of Extendivite. Just see how you feel in six months. A two-month supply of either capsules or liquid is only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. Call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Stop the Presses, 13 October 2021. My guest is Mickey Poletta um, out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, and he's well known for taking on the system with regards to the foreclosure racket and the uh, fraud, fraudulent and forged note racket that is a big part of that. The debt collection law firms, particularly one known as Phelan, P-H-E-L-A-N, which has sort of a mystery owner, you might say, kind of a man of mystery to a point. And Mickey, you know, this this just seems to get more serious every time I hear about it from you. And it just seems like the officials, the the sheriffs 
the gutless sheriffs and the tyrannical judges, just uh, the the abuses and the uh, dereliction of duty and the tyranny just keeps keeps growing. Uh, it's it's unbelievable what um, what audacity these people have and the extent that they'll go to to push unlawful measures, but act like the only criminals in the world are the hapless homeowners. Um, it it looks almost hopeless, but I know you've always found rays of light in this whole uh, silver linings, as it were. And maybe we'll uh, you know flesh some of those out as we talk here. We're in the short segment before the bottom of the hour, so we only got about three or four minutes right now. Then there's one more set of ads, then we're free and clear the rest of the show. But um, okay, great. you can pick whatever case, whatever case you want. There was Rebecca, there was Mr. Inch, um, and then there's this um, there's a new one, this one after the break, so you have more time, but there's a new one involving a Alex from Washington State, and that one, you're telling me, has a new twist to it. Oh, so, that's about the most um, egregious case, Mark, Mark I ever um, worked, worked on. Yeah, but before we get into that, I'd like to bring up another case that uh, you're familiar with. Um, good good case yes mm-hmm. yeah we wrote them up you know in the magazine that we had out and what happened in his case i actually called the sheriff's department and i arranged a meeting a face-to-face meeting with the sheriff himself so i went there and i had the actual proof that from a signed expert and and it was um now the name just slipped my mind. A company out of New York that examines the notes, and they, they yeah. do an affidavit and said that it's fraud and forged. This is not the original notes. And this sheriff looked at me right in the face. He got a little bit irritated. I got irritated too. Uh-huh. So I mean, it was pretty rough. And and the guy looks at me. This is exactly what he said to me, a sheriff. I don't give a GD how many proofs that you have that is forged and fraud. I am throwing him out of the house because I had orders, and that's all I operate on is the orders of the judge. So I'm throwing him out, and I hope he leaves peacefully because if you don't, we'll bodily throw him out and his kids. So that's where it's going, Mark. And the only way around it that we'll get in this on the long portion is I have a, a definite idea and plan. And based upon this first case in Tennessee, I think that there's going to be a lot of validity to it. Now, this case in Tennessee, uh, before we get to the break, um, what is that? Uh, what does that involve real quick? Who are the players? Who, who are the people in it? Well, let's just use uh, the Johnson name. Okay? Name Johnson, okay. Yeah, they're a husband and wife. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got their name uh, from your call. Uh, they came to my house, and they drove here. Uh, they wanted to meet with me. So I took them downstairs, and 
and they were here for about an hour, and they said that I just wanted to meet you. I just had to know if you're for real. And so now we're here, and we made up our, our minds, and we want to do it. So they joined the group. We worked out all the details. I got all the paperwork. I explained what I'm going to do. They were very, very receptive to it all. And now this is the couple that we filed that first fraud lawsuit on. And I predicted that the lawyers would not even answer it. But you want to laugh. What they did, they went out and they fired that first law firm and hired another one. Uh, They went in and dismissed them. And now they have a lawyer now from Philadelphia uh, that's very, very noted. And now uh, we're dealing uh, with him. But he can't answer the complaint either. And what do people have to understand? Uh, the answers are staring us right in our faces. Every promissory note and mortgage note. Uh, because there is you know, parts of that. And it states, Mark, do we have to break now? Yeah, yeah, we do. Let's pick okay. that up on the other side. Please stay tuned. Okay. We'll try to get to a couple callers if best we can. Be right back. How they drown in incomplete capacity. Strangers thought them all when the fear it calls. How we drown in stylistic audacity. Charge the common ground. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Kilad Otsman says the essence of Jewish power is the ability to prevent the discussion of Jewish power. Jewish power requires anybody in politics to understand it and know about it, but never talk about it. My awakening really sums up with the very best evidence, the facts and the truth about race and the fact that race drives history and the truth about the Jewish question. The younger you get, the greater the percentage of people who identify as alphabet soup, you know, LGBTQ, RS. This woman, she's like, oh, yeah, I identify as a koala two years ago. And I'm like, what? A koala? What? Maybe if it was quickie koala, that might be cool, but otherwise, I don't know. How about an inward pass? Have you ever received an inward pass from any of your black friends? Biden invited a drag queen to come for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. It's the Respect for Anal Sex Act. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just call it like it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show.
Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. second half of Stop the Presses today, 13 October 2021. I am not doing the video simulcast today, as is often the case with Ron Avery at livestream.com forward slash Ron Avery. That will return this coming Friday or Monday, depending on when I'm live again. And my guest today, our return guest, is Mickey Paletta of Mortgage Defense Systems of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. He's been in the trenches longer than anyone I know fighting the good fight along the lines we're discussing today, the vast racket of mortgage fraud and all the forged and fraudulent notes that go along with it, and all the judges that come that ignore or misreport it that keep happening, and all the homes that keep getting foreclosed upon. And, Mickey, uh, before we get into this most unusual case in Washington State involving Alex, and I want to get into that a bit precisely because it's so uh, off the beaten. Uh, let's just kind of uh, uh, put a bow on this item out of Tennessee. You were saying it's a husband and wife. Are they the plaintiffs or the defendants in this case? Uh, they're both. Oh, they're both. Oh, yeah, don't there's... forget now Now that we filed a counter complaint against oh, right, the bank right. for fraud. So that way right, there, so that we are the defendant in the first case, but then we filed the counter-complaint that we became the plaintiff uh, in that case. And they're and trying again, to the, dismiss uh, that case, but they can't do that. Now, the counter-complaint is to not only argue points of detail, but more importantly, to try and get a jury trial. Am I correct? Yes, exactly right, Mark. Yeah, because no. if we get a jury trial, there's not a jury in the world that's going to convict us. Impossible. Yeah, and so the, the, the tactic is to dismiss these things out of hand on the other side to, so they never get to that point. Now, what tricks do they use up their sleeve before we get into Washington State? I mean, how many excuses can they make for trying to dismiss something and deny, try and deny someone a jury trial. I mean, what kind of 
what kind of excuses or reasons are they inventing when they do that? Well, what they're I mean, saying I, now, yeah, what they're saying now, and this is a major law firm, I wrote a brief up where they tried to prove that there is a new interpretation of the Constitution that denies <laughs> the citizens the rights to a jury trial. Mark, basically, that's what they're saying uh, against other Johnsons. Uh, are, you, are you saying that they're reading into it something that's not there, kind of like Roe versus Wade? Uh, are, they, are they saying, exactly. yeah, you got a jury trial? <laughs> A jury trial is a backbone of American democracy when we're actually a republic. They, ne they don't even get that right, usually. And, and no. everybody admits that a jury trial is one of the things that makes America a remarkable system. Are they trying to say that except in mortgage foreclosure cases? Yes, in REM, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, is, what, what is REM? I saw that term in the legal documents you sent me. What, what is REM? Yeah, what that is, they're just going after the property itself. There's no difference. You know, well, all it is, is, it's a fancy... Yeah, what is REM, though? Well, REM is a, a process that they use just to go after the, the property itself. Okay. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. Hardly we don't any need a long Mark, Mark, there's hardly any difference between the two of them. They're just using that uh, just for a smokescreen uh, to confuse the folks. And they're saying, oh, man, you know, they're doing this in REM. So now that's really bad. People, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to rewrite the Constitution without a constitutional convention. Uh, isn't that against Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution to try and rewrite it without a convention? <laughs> well, or, just or the thought of allowing these imbeciles uh, to try to rewrite something that Jefferson and Madison and the smartest uh, people in the world at that time did, I don't think there's any man that's capable that could write something like that ever again that's going to withstand the 220-some years. It's impossible. So, yeah, so they're inventing things out of whole cloth, it sounds like, uh, trying to say that there's a constitutional right to a jury trial unless you're in a mortgage thing. And the, the, the Constitution obviously is silent on mortgages. It doesn't mention them. Just like Roe v. Wade, oh, there's a constitutional right to an abortion. <laughs> yeah, right. No, there is not. Uh, that That is absolutely, uh, I, I mean, talk about conjuring something up out of thin air. It's worse than the Federal Reserve. There is the Constitution is absolutely silent on that too, and those kind of things weren't even contemplated at the time it was written. And so, they're just banking on the human ignorance, the the popular ignorance that the media keeps trying to uphold. That's, that's what it sounds like. They're banking on people. Well, being, that's exactly what it is. I just sent you down what I think is that my group worked months and months on, and I think it is the finest document, you know, to come out of my place. And if you read those, it proves beyond a reasonable doubt that we have a right to a trial by jury at any time. They can't restrict us from having that. But as yeah, long as they can... 
you know, they're protecting their banking fraud, Mark. That's the bottom line. That's all they care care about. Yeah, and you were saying the Phelan, P-H-E-L-A-N, the Phelan firm makes, what, 70, 80 million a year or more on mortgage foreclosures? Well, guess what? Was the- uh, they're no longer in business today. They were closed down because of all the complaints. Phelan closed down. Now there, ladies and gentlemen, let's, yeah. let's stop the train. Let's stop the train here. Let, let's let's bask in that for a minute, Mickey. Let's bask. Bask in the glow. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. Bask in the glow. Phelan closed down due to complaints. There is a sizable victory there. Let's bask in it a little more. Okay, going once, going twice. We got to take our <laughs> victories when we get them, Mickey. We gotta we gotta yeah. stop for a moment and say, hey, we had something to do with that, right? Well, right? I would I mean, think we, so. There's no doubt, doubt in my mind. That's right. Okay, now that is good news. That was one of the most rapacious and relentless and merciless debt collection law firms I had ever heard of. And I believe uh, you too, and I believe they were based in Pennsylvania and with offices elsewhere around the country. Uh, so that... In four or five, that is, five states. Yeah, four or five states. That's very, very good news. Um, they may reconstitute something somewhere else, true, but we'll be watching for that, and I'm sure you already are. Um, okay, so the Tennessee couple, um, we do have a couple of callers. Let's, uh, looking at the time, I want to try and get the callers in. I'll ask the callers okay. to hang on a little longer. But I do want to start the Washington situation with Alex. Uh, in a, in Mark, a nutshell. Uh, before we do that, let me make a couple statements that are very important. And everybody okay, on this call, I want everybody to listen, and I want you people to make notes. If you're fighting your foreclosure, please listen to this. Uh, uh, if you read your notes, your promissory note and your mortgage note, read them line by line in, uh, in uh, the mortgage note that it has terms. It defines what a promissory note is. Listen close, everybody. For them to foreclose, they have to comply with the contract terms. That is the contract terms. And in paragraph or in term, I think it's A, that it describes what a a note is, a promissory note. And what it says in that, I don't have the... The paperwork here, but I looked for it, you know, at break and I couldn't find it. Uh, what it says in there, a promissory note is the note signed by the, the borrower and dated. I have yet to see in any foreclosure case that I, that I've even looked, looked at, there is never a promissory note there because it's been monetized it's destroyed by the banks it doesn't exist so they're in breach of their own agreement because they're not complying with the terms of a promissory note keep this in mind it says a promissory note is a note that is signed by the the borrower and dated okay now let's look at the mortgage note the mortgage okay. note says basically the same, but it's in the different term part. And what it says that a mortgage note is the note, not a copy of the note, the original note 
signed by the, the borrower and dated. Just look at your paperwork. Uh, do you see any original notes? No, they don't exist because they've been monetized. They've been destroyed. They don't exist anymore. And the people never raise the real facts, facts of the case. And also now in that paragraph, I think it's um, Al, and where it says that they have to be in compliance with all applicable law. They're not in compliance with any law. And I know this, that I have an expert witness that used to be an executive with the eighth, eighth largest bank holding a company in the United States. What his job was, was to enforce uh, paragraph N. Now, keep this in mind. That's mortgage default insurance. That these banks, and what he said, said to me, he says, Mickey, I've done this. I know how it works. If, if they take a loan in or a, a, a mortgage, they give it out. I collect mortgage default insurance within the first two weeks of being being on the job, and that's my job, is to collect mortgage default insurance. And I said to him, I said, Bob, but they were never late. He says, Mickey, I know that's one of the frauds that these banks are collecting mortgage default insurance, and the loan is not even in default. So uh, that's a whole mother call in itself. Now, this, this insurance, uh, time is going to get tight today, but this insurance basically nullifies the alleged debt anyway, so there's no way that the banks are out of any money because they collect on the insurance. They actually collect on it, right? Oh, yeah, they collect on it, yeah. But, yeah, but the guy that should be sued now is not, um, not the homeowner. Uh, we have to go back and study subrogation. That's the person, uh, look, the entire system is fraught. And the only way that we're going to uh, win this case is people are going to have to join, start filing this, start studying this, and let's start filing complaints 40, 50 at a time in every state. And I'll show you how, how they're going to be running. They can't survive this attack. Yes, now I'll let's get on this other case that you wanted to get in. Yeah, I'll, I'll put your yeah, contact you want to go to the Alex case? archive. Yeah, go ahead and uh, describe Alex in Washington State briefly, as briefly as you can, okay. uh, because there was something okay. unusual about it. Cut right to the chase yeah, on that. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very, very strange. Well, first of all, when I was on the West Coast doing talks, oh, about seven years, years ago, before I got sick, I met a, a girl out there that was taking notes, and I never realized that seven years after the fact that I would that receive a call from her, and she's living in Washington State. She was crying every night on the phone, Mickey, you got to help me, please, please, I need help. And I said, well, look, I said that I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, so please help me. So I said to her, and that the only way I would even consider it is that you two get on a plane and you fly back back here and you meet with me in my home 
and let me listen to your case, and then I'll decide if I'm going to help you. So they flew back back here, and they were very, very nice. They've explained their case, and I could not believe my ears what I was hearing. The bottom line is that they opened up their mail, and... Uh-huh. And they were indicted. The bottom line for, uh, regarding Kelly. Yeah, for forged and fraud notes that they allegedly created and gave the chase. And what I didn't understand that who had created the notes. They said we didn't. Then who did? He says, Well, that was created by another guy by the name of Noel. And I said, then why didn't they go after Knowles? And uh, what their answer was, they went after us. They picked us up. They took us uh, to court. And what they said to us, right in open court, that if you accept our, our deal here, that we'll see to it that you only serve two or three years in jail instead of 18 or more uh, years, years, years in jail. And I said said to them when they were here, I said, they don't have an inch of evidence. I still don't understand why they hit you with forged and fraud suits and why they hauled you in uh, to jail. And so they just explained to the judge that I'm not accepting that deal. Then the judge said to him, well, you're going to... Uh, except the lawyer, that I'm giving you uh, a public defender. So we discussed that, that where they were here, and they said, no, we're not doing that. We don't want a, a, a public defender. We're going to defend this case ourselves, and if we have to, that we'll bring in a guy back here with his uh, law team from, uh, from uh, Pennsylvania, and he's going to represent us. Uh, we're not doing that. So what they did to them, uh, the sheriff, uh, the sheriff came up and the handcuffed them both, escorted them out and put them in the, the police uh, van and took them down the street and put them in the cell. And they refused them water and medicine. And and Alex has sugar very very bad, and they denied him his medicine. Uh, for their uh, for that day, and when he got out uh, that night, they rushed him to the emergency room, and uh, the doctor says that he could have died, and now he's under uh, medical care uh, because of the abuse that he did and the stress, and he could have died, and now they're going after them uh, for forged and fraud, fraud notes. And they have a signed affidavit from Noel saying that he created uh, the note and uh, mailed it to Chase Bank and that Alex and his wife had nothing to do with it. They were just just there and they acted as interpreters that because the lady uh, that was getting screwed by the bank uh, is a, a Filipino and couldn't understand English, and that was basically well, look, the case. Well, let me interject there, Mickey. Usually, it's 
uh, you're the one that's looking for fraudulent, uh, 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 fraudulent notes, and you're finding them being uh, created by these organizations that do this for a living and are in cahoots with the courts and the debt collection law firms, etc. And now all of a sudden we have the homeowner being accused of forged and fraud notes. What gives? Usually it's the people in the ben? system that are accused of that. Uh, okay, Mark, this is the twist. Uh, what's going on here that the federal the government is that paying the people sometimes several hundred thousand of dollars to break up a fraud ring and and the day accused Alex and his wife of running a West Coast fraud ring that was a creating forged notes uh, that were being used by everybody on the West Coast and they were going to break up the fraud ring and they want to uh, collect all the benefits of breaking up a, a fraud ring that never existed. So uh, people are being turned into bounty hunters by the federal government looking for fraud rings? Am, uh, am I understanding you right? Mark, that's exactly right. And they were in, in line to collect hundreds of thousands of dollars by breaking up a fraud ring. And the excuse is that, that you're doing the West Coast, then all those people out there, a great big favor from uh, protecting them from these bad people that are creating forged and fraud notes. And in reality, it is the government that's doing all this. Uh, uh, another question. We got just a couple minutes left, three or four minutes. Why would why would uh, uh, the Alex and his wife in Washington State, why would they even have uh, forged and fraudulent note suspicions about them? Because aren't they the ones, the affected homeowners are usually the ones that are saying, look, a forged and fraudulent notes are being used against me. Why would the powers that be even assume that they would be involved at all when it's usually the shoe is on the other foot? I'm, I'm still not totally clear. Yeah, well, why? What's going on there is that the lady, and we're going to, you know, use her name as Claire. So when this guy Knowles mailed in the uh, the brand new uh, created forged note to Chase Bank, somehow they worked out a deal with Claire that she got her house free and clear. And now they went after the Alex for uh, creating the forged and fraud notes, and the charges were were instigated by Chase Manhattan Bank, which is the Rockefeller Morgan Bank uh, in its early years. Um, well, it's the you same know, group. Yes, right. It sounds to me, and I'm going to uh, familiarize myself much more with this in the coming days and weeks. It sounds to me like they're on to what you're up to a little bit. This is just my gut feeling. And now they're uh, offering some homeowners relief from their debts if they'll help go after other homeowners uh, as a means of an offense and a defense against what you're doing. I mean, that's what it sounds like. 
That's what it smells like. Uh, well, let's just look I, at that Johnson case, Mark. It's the same thing there. That um, there's no forged and there's no fraud fraud there, but the only forged and fraud that was uh, committed by the bank that when they that looked them square in the eye and said, we're going to loan you $252,000 and all you got to do is sign this paperwork work here. They're the ones that created their forbes and the fraud, not um, the Johnsons. The Johnsons is the Tennessee case, right? Yes. Yeah, just, just, just to keep things straight uh, for listeners live and on the archive. Yeah, this is, it sounds to me like they're trying to turn the tables and use some sort of inversion technique where now they'll say, you're the ones that are committing fraudulent and forged notes, um, accusing you of what they're guilty of, which is an age-old tactic known in psychological circles as, as projection. It sounds like they're using sort of a psychological warfare projection technique to accuse homeowners of what the system is guilty of. It, am, I, am I off base? No, Mark, you're not. not. Now, can you imagine if I had 100 people uh, in 50 states going in and filing the same lawsuit that uh, the Johnsons filed? Uh, can you imagine what that would do to, uh, to the system? Especially especially if the fraud is being fully exposed, the notes and all that, and especially if there's jury trials. Right. And they can't afford either. They can't do it. So that would explain... And what that would do... I'm sorry, go ahead. That would explain why they're trying this new tactic, in my mind. Yes. Right. Well, thank you, Mickey. Uh, your number, uh, if you don't mind giving it out, Mickey, your phone number, it's up to you. Yeah, oh yeah, please do. Guys, keep in touch. And I want people to call and learn, learn this. I'm willing to teach, and I want to start filing these. And you could reach me at my cell phone, 717-797-30. Let me correct you, Mickey. It's 717 Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nine seven nine. You're right, Mark. Seven one seven nine seven. And I'll have contact information for today's archive listing, including Mickey's email as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time on Stop the Presses. Have a great. Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419.
listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.